I think, like you said, I really try to see the opportunity in everything. Hi, welcome to the Winners Find a Way show and podcast with your host, Trent M. Clark, three-time World Series coach, CEO of Leadershipity, serial entrepreneur, having started 12 companies, coach to the 1%, and an international speaker. This show is going to be your go-to podcast for facing adversity, being inspired, and overcoming obstacles, all from the best in the world, business, sports, and leadership. Hate the crappy ingredients in many beverages and energy drinks? Rebellious Infusions are the go-to functional beverage. They have five or fewer plant-based organic ingredients. No sugar, no calories, loaded with antioxidants to boost your immune system. And L-thionine for brain health. Rebellious Infusions are available at drinkrebellious.com. Rethink your drink. For 10% off of your next purchase, use the code 99999. I think good at problem solving. I think, like you said, I really try to see the opportunity in everything. I mean, I've had some tough knocks like we all do and things don't work out and last minute things cancel out. But to me, I always try to be like, okay, what's the opportunity? What else could we do? What makes this great? Where, like even COVID to me was like a huge opportunity. It was bad in a lot of ways, but there was some great opportunities. I think also a superpower is knowing your weaknesses and where to get help and working with other people. I think I don't try to solve everything. I think I'm good at finding the right people and then trusting them and then, and then trying to build a team of people I trust, finding good people. You want to work with good people. You don't want to waste your time with people. Like there's uh, an expression, an amateur, an expert is expensive, but an amateur costs you a fortune, which, which basically means like, you know, you find the right people, they'll, they'll rock. And even when I did the music, I didn't have all the musical skills, but, you know, I realized even a great composer hires an orchestra. He doesn't play every instrument. So I would get the best people. And I think that really helped, helped me, which a lot of people don't. They try to do it too much themselves. And, you know, asking the empowering questions that are going to empower you. I think a lot of people don't do that. And that's super important. And so having a good perspective, you know, like I was telling you the Chicago story, sometimes I didn't really, like some people have a great mentor. I wasn't fortunate like that, but I think a great person to ask advice to is yourself, but your older self, because they know you. Like if I ask you advice on something, you know, that's your life and your color and your decisions. It might not work for me, but I could ask myself like, well, if I was like in my seventies and I asked myself this question or my sixties and I was giving myself advice, what would I say? And being able to, to change that perspective, stand outside yourself and really be empowering and helpful. Mm, that's good. I've never heard that before, by the way, really? Someone yeah. asking my older self, right? Like it totally makes sense. Like, Hey, when I'm 70 years old, am I going to? Would I see that as a good idea? Well, you got to put yourself in that position. Like, okay, I'm 70. I'm no. giving someone advice. And that person knows you better than anybody because he can give you real advice. Trent, 70. I mean, it's not like, what would I say that? Like, you got to kind of put yourself there and like, what would I do? Okay, I'm 70 or I'm 80 or I'm in that hospital bed. I'm looking back on my life. You know, if I was going to make that decision, what would I tell myself? And it can really give you permission and kind of get you out of the clutter of where you're at to think of it differently, to see the other angle of it. You know, when I think about you as that aerospace engineer and and large corporate, right? That's not, there's a great space for that. Very, large corporate's very uh, specific. It's very, they hire people for a specific skill set and they say, hey, listen, do this skill set again and again and again, right? It's, it's a, it reminds me a little bit about Ford when we started to do the assembly line production. Well, just put this bolt in that tire. That's it. Well, what if I could, you know, throw on the oh, bumper? Hey, like, no, 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 no. Just do the bolt on the tire, right? Like, I could do the bumper. And like, no, 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 you can't touch the bumper. Like, that would be, no, you can't do it. 
And I'm like thinking, Brad, when I hear you speak, this that would have killed you. Dude, you have, I, it was funny because if, if that engineering job at McDonnell Douglas wasn't so bad, I, it was so bad, it wasn't hard to leave. Like if I had a better job, I probably would have stayed. But the job, this is the job. So they make airplanes, right, for the government. Yeah. And the government wants to know how much the planes are going to cost. They need to estimate their cost. And sometimes it's on a plane that's never even been built yet. They want to know the cost. And if you look at a plane, you will notice it's all rivets. It's like all those little holes in the sheet metal. Basically, it's flying holes. Somebody has to drill every one of those little holes and put the rivet in. And that's the cost of the plane is the man hours. So somebody figured, you know, if we just count up all the holes, right, and maybe give them a little more time, if it's a big part or a little part, you can pretty much guess the cost of the plane. So my job was, you know, this is during the recession, so they hired engineers to do this for some reason, was go down on the floor and count the holes in each part and come back and tell us how many. So my job was basically counting holes. And I was like dying, man. And that's why I used to sneak off to do music. And I used to sneak to other departments and where they were solving problems and doing cool stuff. And my boss would be like, dude, man, you know, you're always working on stuff, but nothing ever seems to get done, meaning the holes weren't being counted that he wanted. But I was like working in other departments. I was writing music. I was sneaking out for lunch and recording shit. I was like really busy, but I just couldn't count the holes, man. So the upside of that is it was so bad that it was, it gave me the impetus to just, you know, I got to get out of here and do something else. And when you're an engineer in these big companies, they used to have these metal desks, like you see, and they'd be like lined up, like just like a line of desks. And then facing that was another line of metal desks. So you're sitting there with a person to your right, a person to your left, a person in front of you, a person there. And you can see your whole life. Like there's the older guy in his forties. There's the guy in his eighties or I mean, I guess sixties, late sixties, getting his gold watch. It's like, it's done, man. There's the journey. It's like, I don't even have to live it. I get it, man. I, okay, I'm good. So I just couldn't do it. Yeah, I, I live in Grand Rapids, right? Steelcase makes all those. This is metal desks, right? Yeah, the, the Steelcase, yes. So, yes, they last forever. Yeah, they will, right? I've had Generations to move those things. Those things, things those suck things. heavier than snot. Let, let me take you to a moment. You you know, a lot of people go, oh, man, you, you know, you followed your passion. It's all worked out great for you, Brad. Like, look what you did. You risked, right? You took a big risk. But let's dive into one of the big risks and potential stoppers that probably has changed your attitude, right? Your wife passes. You have three kids. You're at what age at this point? So my wife passed about eight years ago. So I was like in my late 40s like 48 and uh, she was 49. So she had uh, cancer. So she was sick for a while. And the kids, when she passed were seven, like uh, 11 and 12. So they were young. So it was tough because at, at that point I started doing TV shows. I start. I mean, I was like, I was like rocking it, man. Like, like every station you turn, it was like, Oh, my show. Oh, me. I was like kicking it. So then it was really tough. And I learned a few things. One, I have this engineering, I'm very organized, industrial manufacturing, I could rock this out. And uh, it was tough because I learned that, you know, moms bring the love and the softness and the things that dad don't do. You know, most dads, you know, can organize it, make the money and, you know, we can be the ball buster, but you, you also need the softness. And I remember my daughter used to bug me about, you know, bringing her lunch to school. And I'm like, I set up the lunch program, you get whatever you want. You know, it's all taken care of, do your thing. But I realized that, what she really wanted was all the other moms would bring stuff to the girls, like little snacks or sandwiches. And she just wanted to do that. She wanted someone to show her the love and bring her the, the snacks. So I had to learn that. And it really did pull me a lot 
out of the career. But the irony of the whole thing is quitting the job. So many people were like, oh, that's such a big risk. And you're going to, you know, this and that. So I quit the engineering job and everybody in that department was trying to get out, but no one had the guts. And I used to just keep to myself and work. And then when I left, everybody was like, how can you, you can't do that. You can't just leave. And like, yeah, you actually can. So I left, <laughs> they all stayed. And a year later, they all got laid off. So that was the first irony. So, <laughs> so, and then they were like floundering. And I, when you're an entrepreneur, you know, you always have work because you're always getting work. But, um, and then the second irony is that if I had stayed that past and I was married and my wife passed, I would be beholden to the company. I would be like out early in the morning and gone all day. And because I had my own company, my own career, I had a lot of flexibility. So during the day, if they needed something or something came up, you know, I could be there. And I did, it did take my career back a lot, but you know, to me, everything's an opportunity and it was an opportunity for me to really spend time with the kids. Cause when she was around, I mean, honestly, she was with them more and I was mainly working, but it forced me to, to take that pause and to be the mom too, and really shape them and guide them. And then I did some work on the side and, you know, now that they're older, they're, you know, 15, 20 and 21, you know, now I'm, you know, kind of pushing my career back and getting back to me and the things I want to do. But I, I really value that time. Everything's a moment, you know, moments come and go. And if you don't take advantage of the moment, it's gone. So, you know, like I said, one of my superpowers, just kind of uh, seeing the opportunity, it was an opportunity to be with them. And I, I really took that and it worked out great. And now I'm doing, now I'm back to doing my thing. It's good. If you knew somebody right now, Somebody who's listening to the show and you could speak to them on, hey, man, I'm down. I've been I'm beat up a little bit, man. COVID's hit my business. I'm bankrupt time, whatever. Is there a value, a belief or an action that, you, you know, that you took or that you would recommend in their journey? Like when things get hard, something they, they should just this is foundational. You have to start that turn here. I think, I think it's, I think a lot of times we do know the things we need to do and we need to figure out how to make it something we enjoy or fun or asking the questions. You know, I think it all comes down to trying to be clever and figure out what you can do. And, and, you know, it's tough because if you're, you know, like life builds on itself, you know, the decisions you make when you're younger do multiply and you got to be willing to put in the, the time and the effort. You know, a lot of people, they watch TV, they hang out, they don't put the work to better themselves. You know, when you're, your value is the amount of money you make is just an exchange for your value. The guy who makes five bucks an hour gets five bucks an hour because he brings $5 of value per hour. The guy who makes $50,000 an hour makes that because he's worth that. He brings $50,000 of value in an hour. So, you know, I'm always trying to read and better myself and practice and make myself worth it. And you can't just wait for an opportunity to come by. You got to be ready for it. You know, we always get opportunities, but you got to be prepared when the opportunity comes up. So, and I think people need to, and also it's a little bit about what, like I was watching, you did the interview with Brandt and it was very interesting what he was saying about self-doubt and then circumstance. I think, you know, like two kinds of doubt. Yeah. It's like, sometimes you got to know when it's just you doubting yourself or when the circumstance is just unattainable and, and you have to make a change. So, you know, you got to think about if what you're doing, it's like, sometimes it's great to push, 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 and you learn a lot. And entrepreneurs, you know, we're like, we jump out of the plane and build a parachute on the way down. But, you know, you want to know there's ground there too. So, you know, you get, you got to be willing to be honest with yourself. And I've had times when I was, you know, when I first started doing the music and things were slow, I went back to engineering for a while, but for a music company and it was a cool job. And if that had been my first job, I probably would have stuck with it. But by then I was already too far down the rabbit hole, but sometimes you got to, you know, do other things or 
but hopefully you're doing things that are in line with where you're at. Like for me, you know, my main passion and goal, what I really want to do is write music for television shows. I've done like Deal or No Deal, Extreme Home Makeover, Super Nanny, and, you know, a bunch of more current stuff. But also I do like the commercials, like the licensing and the, these hit song automotive because, uh, you know, you want to have a B plan and something else going on too, you know, so you got to be smart also. Does that answer the question? You, you mentioned Brant Pinvidic and his show with us. Brant's a good friend of ours. How did you meet Brant along the way? Was it, were you like, did you meet him uh, on Extreme Makeover? Like, no. I know he produced that, right? No, I, I belong to this group called Metal. And it's a, a great, it's like a heartfelt entrepreneur group, which I, I think I share with you in LA. It's a great group. It really helped me when my wife was really sick. And another th- advice I'd like to give if anybody's in that situation, and especially with kids and stuff, you still got to do things for yourself because you have to have something to give. You can't just give, 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 give. Too many people just give everywhere. And they, you know, at this age, we have kids and stuff. At some point you have to fill to have something to give. And that's what the kids remember. They don't remember how many hours you put in. They remember the quality and your attitude and you're successful and you're rocking it and you're doing what you love. That's the lessons they carry. So I, I still, I did metal every week and I played in a big band and all these things, but they have different speakers coming. They have like amazing speakers come in. And Brant was one of the speakers and he was talking about how to, his whole pitching your idea and being clear and concise and this three minute rule and all this stuff. So I just went up and talked to him afterwards, like for like 30 seconds, gave him my card. And then like a f- couple of months later, I get an email from him, like asking me, like talking about, I think, what was he talking about? I don't know if it was the trip to Catalina, like some jet ski trip or something. And I'm like, did he like put the wrong email in? Is that, uh, did he, I, <laughs> like, I talked to the guy for like 30 seconds, man. And he was like, no, man, I remember you. I liked you. And we're doing this trip. And I want you to go. And it's really funny because I think it was during COVID and he's like, yeah, we're going to go jet skiing in Catalina. I'm like, well, that sounds safe. And you know, where everybody's apart, it's jet skiing. We're not near each other. So I'm looking up the ship from like Long Beach to Catalina. It's like a two hour boat and you go there and they have jet skis and scuba and all this great stuff. So I'm looking and there's, there's no boats. And I'm like, you know, I'm calling. It's like, because of COVID, they closed everything down. So I'm like, so I, so I called Brad. I'm like, dude, like, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, how are you getting to Catalina? He's like, oh no, we're jet skiing to Catalina. What? You know, it's like, you're jet skiing across the ocean to Catalina. And I was like, yeah. I'm like, okay, hold on. Let me see if I can make that. I'm like, you know, and then I decided to do it. And he just does everything extreme. And he's a brilliant guy. He's a very smart guy. Yeah, very smart guy. And, and very funny and charismatic. Yes. And it was a great interview you did with him too, because it wasn't another interview about him talking about his book. It was him talking about like, everything else that he usually doesn't always talk about. So you, you had some great questions. Thank you. There's so much for him to give, right? Like he's, he fills the tank and and he gives a lot. And I think that description of what you said is great because everyone goes, Hey, just give us the three minute rule tank. Like, and I'm like, Oh no, no. You want to talk to him about this other stuff because that dude's like smart, like wicked smart. Oh, yeah. right? And you don't want to get into that. Like you got to talk to him about his life, man. Cause some things have come along. And I think that's what, one of the challenges of our show brings out in those people, right? Which is I, I talk to these super successful people like yourself and they think like, oh man, it's all been rainbows and unicorns. They just always knew music and everyone just lifted him up. And, you know, he was probably a member of Kiss and now he's got this. I'm like, oh, no, no, that's not how it works, man. Like they have to go through trials. They have to go through challenges and they got to overcome it around it, through it, under it. Like they, they got to go through things to appreciate what they have and then find their authentic self in all this and, and where they land. 
Yeah, and they usually, usually the people, I've looked at a lot of successful people and I've studied them and I've read them. And even the guys in the rock band, you think, oh, rock band. A lot of those guys are super smart. Like you're talking about Boston, he has a degree in engineering. I mean, it, it seems like no matter what they're doing, even if it's something that doesn't seem like it, they probably are very well read and very smart. Even comedians, there was like a master class with, um, can't remember his name right now, wild and crazy guy. What's Oh, Steve Martin. And you know, he seems like he does a stupid thing, but if you check out the class, the guy's brilliant. And the things he was doing at the time, you know, very well read, very smart. So a lot of these people are very smart or they have like a real talent. They just have a real natural ability at something. So I think too many people, especially today with the YouTube, like I want to be famous and I'll just do something silly and be famous. I mean, it's a lot of work, man, and a, a lot of sacrifice and a lot of putting stuff off. And when I was an engineer, I had a friend of mine and what we did was we both made a pact and we got rid of our TVs. We like sold our TVs. We we're like, okay, if we're going to do this, we're going to have to do the work. That doesn't mean coming home at night and watching TV. So we got rid of our TVs and I don't really even watch TV. And I think there's a Zig Ziglar quote, like the poor people, the ones with few books, but big TVs and the successful people are the one with a lot of books and small TVs. You know, I, I like that in the Ben Carson movie, right? Like gifted hands and his mother, right. Who can't read walks in and she's cleaning for the very wealthy you know, professor. And she's looking at this gorgeous, you know, mahogany library that's got books to the ceiling, right? He's got like the ladder, like the library, right? Yeah. And she's like, did you read all these books? And he's like, I've read all of them. And she walks home and she's like, boom, TV gone. You're doing a book report. Oh. <laughs> the library for you, Ben, and your brother too. And it's like, they just shut it off. Yeah. And you know, now talk about tough. Now, I mean, it was tough when you and I were kids, right? TV was big. It was important. There's lots of programming. It was coming on for sure. And HBO and Cinemax had started. You know, we're about this, close to the same age. And But now, man, I mean, phones. I mean, the entertainment is just everywhere in yeah. your face all the time. And kids got to walk away. You want to be something, you got to go do something. And it's tough because it's like when Mozart just had the piano and that's all he had, that's where he spent the hours. And it's so easy to do something and be distracted and not put in the hours. But I have my, my one son, my middle son, he's a programmer and he does VR games and all these things. And he's like, and he's a bit of an influencer. His last game, I think had six or 7 million downloads, an app he did. Wow. But when he was younger, he used to read like crazy. So it's not like he just makes up a game like kids do. He knows that it needs a story and it needs a follow through and a lead in. I mean, he has, he's put in the hours reading and learning and has something to say and something to talk about and knows how to put a story together. That's why he's successful. He knows how to make it engaging, which a lot of kids don't learn because they don't put the hours in reading and learning and thousands of hours just programming and doing his thing and, you know, never watching TV, you know? Yeah. And I hope, you know, what I concern is I don't want kids ever to lose that passion for learning. Right. And as our company works with so many just absolutely, you know, top shelf executives, it's lifelong learners all over, right? Like they are constantly consuming. And, you know, we talk about that, yeah. you know, the CEO who reads 50 books a year and you're like, wait a minute, don't you run like uh, two companies worth a billion dollars? And like, yeah, but I got to keep up, right. I got to keep educating myself. Yeah, it doesn't stop. Yeah. You're always learning and growing, but that's where the passion comes in. It's like, you know, and that's why, 
I think, and you know, another reason I switched, which I'm just remembering now from engineering to music was I knew I was okay at engineering, but I would never be great at it because I didn't have the passion for it. And everything you do is so competitive. Every, your field is competitive. My field is competitive. Every field these days is so competitive. If you're not passionate about it, you're not going to put in the extra time and effort and energy and work through the, all the crap that, that comes down with it and all the setbacks to be successful at it. So I, for me, I think that's important. It's the same as in a relationship. You know, when you're in a relationship with someone, you know, like your wife, your girlfriend, it's, there's a lot of tough things that happen. Life is tough. You get pissed at each other, you get bored. But I think that passion is super important and sometimes underrated and that intimacy and stuff, because you, you need that. That's the glue and the silliness and the fun that keeps you through the hard times. Yes. And, and it's the same with work. You need that fun and playful and silliness. And that's why asking the questions, how can I make this fun? I was doing this theme show. I, I had the opportunity to do a demo for a theme for a TV show. And it was like, you know, they already had someone, they already liked it, but I got it in. So I figured I'm going to do this and sitting in my studio, like I could just sit here and try to bang something out. But I decided, you know what? Nah, man, that's not going to be fun. I didn't quit my engineering job to come out here you know, again, perspective to just sit here by myself in my studio. So I got some great players, like, you know, one guy played with Bon Jovi and one guy played with Alanis Morissette. I got these great musicians. And I said, look, I'm going to rent a studio. We're all going to hang out for the afternoon. We're all going to bring ideas and we'll just split whoever gets it. We'll just split it and share it. And I'll just pay for everything and I'll pay for lunch. And it was a fun day, you know, and it was awesome. And I think, you know, you got to ask yourself that, like it's, and it's like Brent was saying about what's, you know, what's the joy in it? Where's the value in that? And, you know, fortunately I find that in my work and I make sure I don't lose that passion and you have to protect that. And I see too many entrepreneurs and artists, you know, they work so hard, they lose that spark they had when they were young. And you got to protect that because people will just like ask from you and take from you and, and you, you get pushed into doing things you're not really into and lose your course. You've got to protect that, like that spark, like a diamond and keep it going. So I think that's hugely important. Yeah. And that's why at the end of the show, I was playing the thing on the, it's like, that was silly, but it was fun. And it was the passion, you know? Yeah. Yeah, And I, you know, it's, it's so cool that, you know, you think like, you know, it's very different from my mind work, but when I'm talking about people, I'm always calculating like, Hey, how can I help them? You know, what's, who do they need to meet? Man, listening to their issues or their challenges, what could help them resolve that? And and it's, my mind naturally turns to this. And I was impressed because we start talking about doing the show together and stuff like that. And you're like generating music, right? Around like, hey, like here's a cool lead in that would give some energy. Like, and I'm like, yeah, that's really cool. Like, and I would never think that. And it's just like, you just trigger that and, Man, it's so cool. So is there a go-to like quote for you, a verse that, you know, you find value in and just has served you? I don't know. You know, I mean, it, it always changes and stuff. I have, a, I have a whole document of quotes I'm just kind of looking at because I was thinking about that. You know, the one I was talking about where, you know, like some people make $5 an hour because they bring $5 of value and some people bring, yes. you know, it's like really adding value to what you do. Uh, I guess, you know, the one thing like rich people have small TVs and big libraries and poor people have small libraries and big TVs. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's another good one. You know, you don't have to be great to start, but you have to start to be great. Some people like, they just like, you know, I have some friends and they're always like taking classes and learning and trying to figure it out. And 
you know, the opportunities just pass them by. And I had a, a, a this friend, Sam, who's a producer, and he said something that really resonated with me. And I was asking him, you know, how do you become successful? What'd you do? And life has these moments. You get like a moment, like someone will ask you something, or maybe you'll meet somebody and the moment passes. So if you don't take advantage of that moment, you go like when Brant called and asked me to go jet skiing to Catalina. I mean, like, like that didn't sound like a great idea. It sounded kind of a little scary, but it was a moment, you know? And if I said no, then that moment would have passed and it wouldn't have turned into the other things. And then, you know, even meeting you, I think I, I look at everything in life as a moment. And that's, that's an opportunity that you can either take or it passes you and you don't have to take every moment, but you got to appreciate that. Hey, this is a moment like, you know, hello, are you going to go with it? Or are you going to just like let it pass? And so many people are lazy and that motivates me. Like at night, sometimes I'm tired and a friend will call. I just met a friend for dinner the other night. And it was like, I'd really rather just go to sleep, man. I'm kind of tired. Or my son will be like, Hey dad, let's take a walk. It's like 11 o'clock at night. I've been working out all day. So I think, you know, it's a moment to be with him. So I look at everything as a moment and try to appreciate the value. Yeah, I've learned so much today, man. Like, you know, when you talk about the value of upskilling and learning and putting the time in, taking the TV out and actually doing the work. I mean, I think you took a big risk, right? And maybe other people don't see that as a big risk. I mean, I don't even know if you see it as a big risk because you well, felt I, like I thought is the worst to. thing that could happen is I end up back to a job I didn't really like. So yeah. a lot of people saw it as a huge, like you're quitting your job and your 401k and you're this and you're that, and you're going to be like music in California. But like I had to try. And the worst case scenario is that I end up back in a place I don't like. So I did really weigh out the whiz. I didn't just like, dude, music. I mean, I thought about it and I planned yeah. it and I looked at it and I looked at what the, the risk and the reward was. And I even talked to my boss in engineering, I said, what would you do? You know, if I quit, can I come back? It's like, well, you know, if you quit, I probably won't have a job for you, but you know what? I would do it if I were you. I mean, you'd be, you got to go for it, man. You really? Know? All right. Yeah. That's awesome. Like, so do you, do you just still talk to that boss? Like you remember him? Like, does he, do you think he would remember you? I don't know. It, it was just like 30 years ago. So I don't know. I mean, I, you know. a couple other good things, like look for the opportunity. You know, I think, I think when things are down, we see all the negative, right? We get anxiety about all the fears of what may happen and all those things, but you've got an absolutely uncanny ability to flip the lens, Brad. And I love it, right? Like to say, Hey, Look for the opportunity. There's opportunity in this, right? Like, like COVID. Hey, it's a pandemic. I'm looking for opportunity. I'm going to be in my home studio. I don't have to leave because I got nowhere to go. Like nothing's yeah. open. So like I, I can be pumping out well, great content and be with my kids. And Yeah, well, I, I got to, I mean, you know, a lot of people had a really tough time. I was very fortunate. I didn't have like a toddler. Yeah. I wasn't in a bad relationship. I had my health. Some people had it very tough. So I was yes. super fortunate. But, you know, I took it as like the big pause. And my 15-year-old really got shortchanged with his mom. And I was so busy with work and the two older ones. This is like a great opportunity for me to do stuff with him and connect with him while it was just me and him. So we did a lot of cool stuff together. And I did things to the house and the studio. I started, like, got back really into reading, got a lot of other finances and things in order that I've been putting off when you're too busy with life. You know, you just like, you're working for yourself, projects are coming up. So I really tried to take advantage of the situation. And even when I'm supposed to meet someone somewhere and then they cancel, I'm like, all right, that sucks. But you know what? Now I have time to do this. You know, so I always, sometimes that's not good because you can be in like a, bad relationship, but you keep seeing the positive in it, you know? So, you know, our worst, I have this expression, our best traits are also our worst traits. So you got to be careful because the thing that makes you awesome is probably also the thing that annoys people that can set you back. 
So you have to, you know, know that. I think that's really kept me always moving forward is trying to find out, okay, that, that didn't work. What, what can I do? Stuck here for an hour. How can I make the best use of that time? You know, where can I really make things happen? Yeah, I think the other one that, that really got me was, you know, just value adding, like do the work, like be an adder. How do you go in and provide contribution and things like that in the space? I thought that was so important. I like the quote, you know, you have to be great to start, but uh, you know, you got to start. You don't have to be great to start, but you got to start to be great. Yeah, I love that quote. You know, when I thought about our time, Brad, I really thought about the power of, you know, the critic, right? Teddy Roosevelt's famous, his famous um, uh, speech was, you know, it's not the critic who counts, right? As he talks about the man in the arena, I think is what they call the speech, right? The man in the arena and who's to be admired because they're out doing it. They're not talking about it. They're not hoping. Hope's not a strategy. Yeah. You know, it's actually in the mix all the way. And, you know, Brad, when you talk about all the pivots you've made and going in it, man, I just admire that about you. You're also willing to lean into an area that other people don't even see the value I mean, I'd love to see, you know, real quick before we go, I, I want to know like the Wiggles. These guys have made their guys making money doing selling to kids shows, right? Like this, this kid album, they got the music and like, maybe they all wanted to be Bon Jovi one day. I don't know, but they found a way to make a ton of money in a business yeah. by developing a jingles, like, and they're jingle guys, right? Yeah. I mean, do we have any respect for the Wiggles? No, I mean, I think it's great when you can make a living doing what you like, and they probably just knew it was something to be creative. I mean, you never know exactly where your path's going to go, but I think it's interesting that if you're true to yourself, and I think a lot of it is being true to yourself, and you do the things you like to do, there's some career that marries those weird things. You know, I have like the engineering degree and problem solving. I like music. I'm an entrepreneur. I mean, they seem disjointed, but then for doing music for TV shows or commercials, you know, you got to be good at problem solving. You got to do music. You want to be an entrepreneur. I mean, I'm not the rock star type, but you know, cause I wanted to make a living and I wasn't, you know, willing to do live in a van for five years touring, but whatever you do, and I do some stuff for this organization called Leap. They have kids from all over the world. Like once a year, they have high school kids come in and they try to teach them like these skills you don't learn in school. They have all these amazing entrepreneurs come in and talk to them and stuff. And a lot of them will come up to me and ask me about, you know, getting in music. And I kind of talk to them and try to figure out, well, do what, what are you interested in? What are the other things you like? You know, do all those things you like. You might like acting and music and medicine. And then maybe you'll end up in some weird career as like people who have cancer and doing like acting in the hospital and as a supporter, an old age home, you know, just like whatever your interests are, there's some job that incorporates that, that you can do that no one else does. And the weirder your interests are, it's okay. You don't need to work at a big corporation where most people go. You might find something like, but there's only one of you anyway. So you just need to find yeah. that one place where you fit. If you have the passion and it's your interest, you'll probably be very successful. You know, and I think that's hugely key. That is great. So for everybody, please follow the show on YouTube Live. Many more videos on Leadershipity channel. We are on Leadershipity Instagram, Twitter. Trent M. Clark, of course, are my handles. You can find us at www.leadershipity.com and look forward to every Friday on our show, Winners Find a Way at 1230 Eastern, 930 AM Pacific. Be sure to look for our upcoming ebook on the Pyramid of Leadershipity. Super excited about that rolling out. And as you know, and hopefully you've enjoyed today's episode, continue to listen, rate us five stars, 
we work hard to find value delivering stories like from the 1% leaders like Brad Chiat, which <laughs> has just been awesome, Brad. I am so thankful for the time today, man. This has been fabulous. Yeah, right on, man. Thank you for having me. It's been fun. Tell them where they can find you one more time. Uh, just type in Brad Chiat and I will show up. Uh, LinkedIn and I think on there is fuelmusic.com. F-U-E-L-M-U-S-I-C.com. Cool. For everyone else, thank you for joining Winners Find a Way. We'll see you next time. Take care. Hate the crappy ingredients in many beverages and energy drinks? Rebellious Infusions are the go-to functional beverage. They have five or fewer plant-based organic ingredients. No sugar, no calories, loaded with antioxidants to boost your immune system, and L-thionine for brain health. Rebellious Infusions are available at drinkrebellious.com. Rethink your drink. For 10% off of your next purchase, use the code 99999. Thank you for listening to the Winners Find a Way show and podcast. Trent, together with the leaders who shared their learning and experiences through this show, are grateful for allowing them to help and support you on your journey to becoming your best. Write a review, rate us five stars, and share this episode to your network.